0: theyeshiva.net Okay, 10 lines from the top or 11, I'm sorry, 10 or 11 lines from the bottom, Samach Beis, amud Aleph, Chukas, page 123. So we now at last understand the concept of tefillah and how tefillah evolved over the generations. And by Yisrishan, there was very little tefillah, almost no tefillah, besides the personal davening of a person because Karbonus was the name of the main avoda in Bais Sheni? There was still Carbonus, but there was still a concept of tefillah. In Bais Rishon, it was just Karbonis, There was no concept of tefillah. There were no shuls, no shuls. The concept of a shul, what the Echeskel Hanavi calls Mikdash Maat, Beis Knesses, this comes after the destruction of the first Beis Hamikdash. You know that, right? During the first Beis Hamikdash, there's no shuls. The concept of a Beis Knesses doesn't exist it's one of that. the inventions after churban Bayis Rishon they go to Bovel and now they create a Mikdash Ma'at that term is first time in Yecheskel who was a Novi after the churban during the churban. Yecheskel a Novi al-Mahar Kvar la Mikdash Ma'at the Gemara explains in Megillah it's referring to the Batei Knesiyas Batei in Bayis Rishon it would be blasphemy a little base HaMikdash we have a base HaMikdash once there was a churban. now there's miniature Beis HaMikdash everywhere wherever Jews gather, b'chol Right? And that institution really saved Jewish life, it preserved Jewish life. Jews would come together and figure out how the world is supposed to run, and figure out what everybody else is supposed to do, and whose marriages are good, and whose marriages are bad. And in the middle they would Davenoso also for a few minutes. But this institution of the shul of the Beis Medjish, really, it created a whole substitute for the Beis HaMichtish, Instead of there being one place where the Shekhinah is, now wherever Jews gather to focus on God, that's what the Shekhinah is. That was a revolutionary idea, not Boshat. the concept of minion, I mean there was no Anchak before Anchak Nesadullah was not the Tsulas that we have today, obviously. So there was no the minion's no filibitsibur, they just the people just uh... What what what's Tfilibit Sibur? We we have a structure, we do Shmanashra, the Khazan repeats it. I mean they had to create it was the concept so of chesed atayda, right, right. The them. spontaneous tefillah, as the Rambam puts it, a Jew, there's a mitzvah to Davin The Rambam holds it, it's a mitzvah in Hatayra, but no text, no time, no nusach, and no any no format or a structure. A Jew wakes up in the morning, and in 20 seconds he reaches out to God. He says, "Make sure I have a good day. Please give me a good, meaningful day," and you will yotz mitzvah tefillah from the heart. And so tefillah develops, it evolves in Jewish history. And the way the Balatanya explains it here is, it's because tefillah is the moment of dvekas. What type of dvekas? The unique dveikas in this world, which is not stam cleaving to God. It's transforming. It's bringing everything back to its source. And for that you need a fire in order to refine the silver and remove its impurities. And he says, in each generation the fire needs to be bigger and he says, Anachnu <laughs> in order to refine the salt. Where did people go for communal mitzvahs like Schaefer like <laughs> like or, or I mean you had to create yeah. Ezra, Ezra is already by Yashana. No, there was a concept of coming together. I mean, it says, Moshe straw that you should be darshan, uh, b'chag, right? And there was a concept of I mean, there was, I guess there was a communal. Uh, Mikra Kodesh in terms of uh, Kruim, you know, coming together, assembling. In the... Mikra Ha'eda, yeah. Al-fim. Yeah. Is it correct that the, when we think about shoes, you think about the Shedivah? Didn't exist in those places. In fact, there was only one main shoe for the entire kingdom. Did they have smaller ones? It seems that came much later. Every community had uh, taxes and stuff. Well, the Myland by Sheni, they didn't have Svarad, Ashkenaz, Arizal, Taman, Adus, Hamizra, Ethiopia. And even so. Etc. Yes, avada. Yeah. So the fire allows the person to be mevarech to be able to align everything in his or her life with its true source. And he says, "Sheyachshov, right? Sheyachshov, hachius shelaram mechayyu echesh lechius mekadesh baruchu kibiladi lahayach lichius mekadesh baruchu mechayyu al imkein ein The imkein, the chain, You see, the line starts clack. The chain, cold. I used to be in All challenges when it comes to everything in this world, kashachoyu sheval derech when you have this type of focus, you spardu, kol poyale oven. Ultimately, you spardu, you separate, you fragment all workers of iniquity, meaning you puncture the bubble, you bust the bubble of Ra by revealing its true origin, its true purpose. So this sums up the idea that the focus of tefillah is. This type of dvekas, even though it's not like the dvekas before the neshama comes down or after the neshama leaves the body, but it's a type of dvekas on which the Zohar says, where what looks bitter is transformed into sweetness. What looks dark is transformed into light. How does the person do this? The person understands that everything in the world could be seen from multiple perspectives. And therefore, even though on one level, I see this as a challenge, as an obstacle, maybe even as a crisis, as a tremendous cause of Yisurim, if I look deeper, if I take all the dinim, all the harshness, and all the ra, and I go back to the shayrish, back to the core, back to its original source, I will be able to sweeten it. What does it mean, sweeten it? I will find the divine energy that is fueling it, And because I discover the divine energy that's fueling it, I see Hashem in it, and therefore ultimately I see it as an opportunity, as a source of light, as a source of empowerment, as a source of goodness. God is never trying to kill me. Rather, it's the stale in me that He's trying to destroy. It's that which is stale, that which is dead, that which is numb, that which is frozen, that is what's being challenged. If the person could appreciate that, he spurred the kolpale oven, he punctures a bubble in the ra'a, in the dinim, and he's Magala the Shairish. Just like we explained that this was the uniqueness of Nochemish Gamzu. The Gemaraian Tainos says that Nochemish Gamz would say on everything Gamzulatoiva, Gamzulatoiva. Everything he brought back to the Shirish. He never stayed stuck with anything the way it looked, the way it appeared. He brought it back to the Shayrish. And then then therefore he could say, Gam So he says, this concept, Gam Kola Tzadikim HaYu al Essentially all of the Tzadikim operated on this level. What do it mean they operated? This is how they saw the world. They looked at the world from this perspective. They looked at the world with these glasses. Whenever they saw Dinim, they saw ra. They traced it back. They tried to climb it back, to bring it back to the shayrish. And in the Shairish, everything has chiyus, And everything has chiyus from Hashem, ultimately. And if it has chiyus from Hashem, on some level in the source, it originates in goodness. The way it comes down, the way it's translated, the way it's manifested, it could be it's a great obstacle, it could be it's ra. Even the sotin, the Gemurian Baba says L'Shem Shamayim Niskavan. Even Pnina L'Shem Shamayim Niskavan. Even that Zoina, back to our marshal, comes from the Melech. But I don't see the Melech there. All I see, the Ben the Prince only sees a zaini He doesn't see that it's the Melech that is fueling her, that is giving her oxygen, that is empowering her at <coughs> the center. All he sees it from his perspective is a powerful, powerful obstacle in life. So this is a cloud. Whenever something comes your way, curveball comes your way and threatens Chas V'Shalom to break you, to destroy you, to crush you, to debilitate you, to paralyze you, to cause you even melancholy, sadness, despair, stagnation. It's the courage of the person to say what Yaakov Avinu says to his adversary when his adversary tackles him fights him, quarrels with him, tries to kill him and ultimately makes him limp and Yaakov says I will not send you away from me until you do not bless me usually when a gangster attacks you in a dark alley for the whole night and tries to kill you you don't ask him for a bracha at the end either you call 911 or you punch him in the nose or you run away but Yaakov says, "I will not leave you until you don't give me a bracha." It's a gangster. What bracha do you need? But this is the whole shot. Yaakov understood, and this is what Jews—this is what Jews lived through throughout history. That's why he says all the tzaddikim operated this way. Yaakov understood that this adversary that came to tackle me—it's not enough for me to get rid of him and to go back to the same position I was before he attacked me. Because if that was the case. The question is, why was he sent into my life? If he was just sent into my life for me to get rid of him, I could have not had him, and I also would have been rid of him. Yaakov understood it's not enough to get rid of him. I have to make sure that by the time I'm done with him, I come out more blessed. By the time I'm done with this guy, I'm going to come out more blessed, more empowered. That's the focus. It's not enough to get rid of you. I need to come out more blessed, more empowered, more wise. Jews throughout history, every generation, they had to tackle another person or force or empire that came to attack. Famous Ramban, Doir There's always, though, every generation, behold Doir Vador, there's always Doir Vador. It wasn't they said, let's just get rid of it. Yeah, for, for, that's for starters, you try to get rid of it. But it was much deeper than that. We need to get rid of it and come out smarter, deeper, more blessed, more powerful, more holy, more good. Why? Not just, not to give him victory, but it's much deeper than that. It's based on this idea that ultimately everything in the shayrish is toif. But there's two types of toif. There's toif that's comprehensible and there's toif that is ma'oid. It's overwhelming because it's incomprehensible, as discussed in the previous Shiurim. We encountered it in order to access the Ma'id. If I don't access the Ma'id, what was the purpose? I want to access the Ma'id. If I access the Ma'id, then it's not enough that I became Toiv. I became Toiv Ma'id. Uh, You'll see a fascinating thing in Jewish history. And that is, after every major catastrophe and crisis, there was an unprecedented explosion of spiritual, intellectual, and physical growth. The whole Torah Shabbat that we have, Mishnaiyas, Gemara, Talmud Bavli, Talmud Yerushalmi, it all happened after the Khurban Bayashani. The Khurban Bayashani was colossal. Until the Holocaust, it was the greatest catastrophe to befall the Jewish people. Nobody thought they'll be able to survive it. Rabbi Akiva himself, the Gemara says, "Kulu Rabbi Akiva. the whole Torah Shabbat that we have is from Rabbi Akiva, Gemara says in Sanhedrin. Rabbi Akiva himself was murdered, executed by the Romans. And Dafka, that generation, Khorban it produced the explosion of the whole, all the Tanoiyip. Which produced the Mishnah, which produced ultimately the Amirayim, the Gemara, Saibabli, Rishalmi, all the Madrashim, all the Madrashim that we have. Mechilta, Sifra, Sifri, Torah's Kayanim, Madrash Rabbah, Madrash Tanchum, Sifri Akabola, the Sefer Yitziri, Sefer Azoya, Sefer Aboyer. It was fascinating. The Pricha, the blossoming of Torah Shabalpa, happened in the aftermath of the Khorb Mashaynab Yashabar I think I said this once. Once ta'ich the Gemara, the Gemara says in Khaftes, that Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe asked the Rebbeinu Shalai, why he has to have those little tagim on the Sefer Torah. Who needs these little lines? Who, who understands them? You know what I mean, yeah? Shatna's Gets, those little Zayat. Hashem says, there's going to be a Jew, Akiva ben Yosef. Asid lidro shall kol koitz ve koitz tilei tilim on every one of those koitsim, they look like little thorns. He's going to darshan mountains of Allah. So he said it wasn't just a statement about Rabbi Akiva darshanig tagim. means a thorn. He could have said, I'll call tag the tag. Akiva's approach was, I'll call koits the Yeder darn, every thorn that the Romans used to perforate the Jewish people, Rabbi Akiva said, we're going to use the koits to build tillay tillam, Shallah. Mountains of Allah. Rabbi Akiva and his Chaveidim and his Talmidim, they created the unprecedented explosion of Teresh When you learn, you think it was all done with serenity. They were sitting somewhere in an attic, a Mechaya. Much of it was done with tremendous, tremendous, tremendous persecution and challenge. You read Rashi. You read Rashi on Chumash, Rashi on Gemara. It looks like the guy doesn't have a bad day. He's having the most serene life. Rashi's on a hammock. For so seventy years, nobody bothers him, and he writes I shraib, and schreibt and schreibt and Shah Rabbeinu sh Yisrael, Rashi, across the street, the Crusades were happening. Ten ninety six, the first Crusades, the Crusades which destroyed Ashkenazic so many communities in Ashkenaz in the eleventh century, twelfth century, and it produced Rashi and the whole his whole family, Baalat Toisvus, a tremendous explosion of the whole Ashkenazic literature. And then you had the Spanish expulsion, was one of the worst Hurbonas, we, we can't even imagine what it did, in 1492. And the whole Teres Harizal, the Zoya and the Ramak, and the Harizal, and the whole group of Tzvas, you had the Beisyois of the Mechaba, and the Alshech, and the Harizal, Maril Beirav, tremendous, tremendous explosion of Teres Anister, in the aftermath of the Spanish expulsion. And then you had 1648-49, Tachtat, which decimated polar Jew, one of the worst exodus. Today, with the Holocaust, everything was forgotten. The First World War. But these were unprecedented catastrophes. And then the Shapsi Tzvi debacle, he converts to Islam. Much of Europe thought he was really Mashiach. And there was also a tremendous low. And then came the explosion of the Balshamtev, the revelation of Teresa HaBalshamtev, of, of, of Chassidus and the whole binion of Olam ha Yeshivas, the world of the Yeshivas, and in Lithuania and other parts of Eastern Europe. And then in our generation came the greatest Chorben of all, the greatest Koitz, the greatest Thorn. But after that, the rejuvenation of the Jewish people, both in Eretz Yisrael, the rebuilding in Eretz Yisrael, and everywhere, in all, in all the communities, was something extraordinary, something powerful. This is an approach, it's an attitude. It's not Stam... A coincidence. The rebuilding of Klal Yisrael in the whole world after the Holocaust. In the world of Torah, the world of Mitzvahs, of Edith Hashem, Yeshivas, Torah, and uh, Eretz Yisrael, and so forth. This was all the attitude of Lo I'm going to access the Ma'od. It doesn't give explanation to tragedy. Explanations for tragedies are usually futile to understand how exactly what and how and why. Huh? But it gives perspective, not why, but how. How to deal with it. The question that came up last week, yeah. the answer for how possible, this is the answer. It might be, uh... I wouldn't call it an answer, to be honest with you. I would call it a response. Rabbi Akiva did not answer why every thorn had to perforate his body or so many other bodies. He didn't know why. What he did know was what? What? Tilei Tilem Shalalachis I once searched from Rabbi Yisrael Meir Lau the former chief rabbi of uh, of Israel. And he was once by the Lubavitcher Rabbi and uh, the Rebbe asked him, What are Yidin saying? It was after the Mkhippur War. What are Yidin saying in Echisroel? What's the mood in Echisroel? So, as a good Jew, he tells the Rebbe, Yidin Zagin. Vosvet Zayn. Vosvet yeah? Zayn, ye, yeah? Jews are saying, What's going to be? She so said, The Rebbe told him, By Jews, we never say what's going to be. We say, What are we going to do about it? It's a very big difference. The Gemara says, Vahoya and vayihi, vayihi and vahoya. Vahoya is loshen simcha, vayihi is loshen sar. Vahihi is it came to pass. It came to pass. Proactive, not what's going to be. What's going to be? It's so bad. What are we going to do about it? Lo yashalecha ka What is it? Meusidan. It's meusidan that in every crisis lay seeds of opportunity. Now, not many people see it this way. That's why he says, you need tzaddikim for this. Why? Because many people, we naturally gravitate to the Spirit, to Yiyush. But the ruzhana said, Yiyush is Shaloy Midas. If it's Yiyush, there's no Das. That's how we touch the Gemara. Yiyush is Shaloy Midas. Whether you hold like Abayah or you hold like a Rava, no difference. But if it's Yiyush, there's no Das. If there's Das, there's no Yiyush. The Gemara in Yerushalm, Yush- says, why did they make Atachin Antonu in Atachin Aladam Das? Havdalah, Hamavdul, mavdol me'kodesh we say in atah right? you ever thought about it? You take it for granted. Tefillah has a serious structure. Why is atah chaynin antonu and atah Why not in hashiveinu, Slachlanu. So the Yerushalmi says in brachis, im ein Das Havdala minayin. Without Das, there's no havdalah. That's a very profound statement. im ein Das havdalah What's havdalah? Havdalah is this havdalah, to be able to separate to be able to separate and to be able to trace back, not to see the outer shell of the Ra, to be able to separate the core from the shaft, what we call Beir, to be able to take out the Pnimeas from the Chitzonias, to be able to look at the Zoyna and say, I'm not going to fall prey to the outer facade, I'm going to see the real Pnimeas, what is really going on. What is really going on here is I'm getting an opportunity to be able to become the person I'm supposed to become. Is the Zoyna good in my life or bad in my life? Horrible on one level. But if you see it from the king's perspective, it's just an opportunity for you to become the person you're supposed to become. Everybody has their own types of Zoynas, their own loisah surah, levavchem Is it ra or is it toif? Depends how you look at it. At the surface, it's all dinim. It's ra, it's bad, it's hard. And there's a certain truth to that. Because if he falls prey to the Zainid, Takira. But it's his choice. Zainus, <laughs> Amezma, Zainus. <laughs> so, I mean, it's interesting that if It's, it's not Hachmut, Pina can accomplish it. It's only Das. Das. Yeah. The highest. The highest. The highest is intuitive. Yeah. Or... yeah. Das is intuitive. Das is adam Ha'adam Yoda Ischavo. The person has to be able to connect to that. So this, this was their motto. It's not that I'm going to get rid of you. I'm going to become blessed through you. Yeah. Yes yes, yes, yes. So if something happens to you, you should look at not, oh, I'm being beaten up, but I'm, whatever that occasion, it's like, oh, find out he's Jewish or something like that. Oh. I'm not being beaten up. They're trying to help me uh, develop my martial arts skills. Right. So now go back to your youth, and when somebody told you that you are a khurban for the world, right? The world is a much worse place because of you. That's when real growth can happen. The challenge, of course, is that when we're children, we don't know this minor What I mean we don't know it is we actually know it but it's hard to experience it. Because we trust. And we don't know how to distinguish. Right? And we take it in like a wet sponge. So we live with this message that I'm this, I'm a shmata, whatever. I'm especially a child who was abused on one level or another level. And it destroys our dignity. As we grow older, however, it's not just that you heal and you say, you know what, this is not me. The messages that this person gave me don't really belong to me. I will own my true self. I will not allow somebody who made horrible mistakes, willingly or unwillingly, it's not so relevant, to define my life. It's much deeper than that. That's stage one. Stage two is to be able to say, it's only because of that that I can develop a certain profound wisdom and sensitivity that I could have never experienced without that. It doesn't mean I wish it on anybody. It doesn't mean I wish it on myself. It doesn't mean chas v'sholem, I wish it on my children. You want to protect your children. But what it does mean is that I really have the ability at every moment not only not to become a victim to the Ra, but on the contrary, to turn that into my greatest assistance, and to turn it into the greatest springboard for my growth. So not only do I not remain a bitter person, a, 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 a broken person, a crushed person, in <laughs> By the time I'm done with you, by the time I'm done with you, it's not just you're going to have your nose caved in a little more. It's I'm going to come out blessed. That's the key. So that was the avoid of Nachem to be able to revert things back to the Shairish, to be able to puncture and burst the bubble to create a hole, a sdaka, a split, a neck of a hole in the bubble of darkness and see the ultimate chiyus in everything that comes from Hashem, the Enoid Muvade of it. Again, as I said, I'm going to say this again, it's important, this doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean it's not challenging. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. It does not mean any of this. As he says, when it comes down, it can often be ra, bad. What it does mean is that the shoyrish has a of toivele. So if all the tzaddikim operated on this level, why is Nochemish Gamzu chosen with this special name? He says, Nochemish Gamzu had the quality, the skill, that he could actually change the program code that it should come down to this world and appear as physically good we have a klal in Chazal when it says ze or zu it's when you say zeh it means you could point with your finger this is it something is away, it's remote I can't say ze. I could say it is means the Gemara Chazal say a maid saw what Yeches called it and see. Zekeli. Mara Betzboi ze. Nochemish Gamzu was called Gamzul HaTovah. All the tzaddikim would say, this is Toiv, but not Zul Zu means that he could bring down the Toiv that with your fleshika oigan, with your physical eyes, you should be able to see, ah, the Toivah is be'ene Basar, it's begashmi's Toivah. It's called Toiv HaNiru HaNigla. That was the Kiddush of Nochemish Gamzuah. And this is a which answers the big question that has been asked for. Why do Tzaddikim daven for anything? The guy is sick. Great. You're losing your house. Wonderful. If you have a house, it's tov. If you lost it, it's tov. But even for themselves, they do So you're right. For somebody else, I understand. Right? Zaya, Ibekachem, and everybody else's tzores. It's wonderful. Wonderful. You lost your job? That's wonderful. Let's make a siddha, say da. You lose your job, make a Siddha say, da. Yeah. The Pshat, of course, is this. The very fact that Toiv Ma'od is not manifested in the physical world as revealed good, that itself is a product of the lack of balance in existence. The fact that ultimate truth, when it comes down to this world, it's translated as pain, that itself is a painful reality. And ultimately that remains a mystery. Because Hashem is a keliach. He's capable of everything. He's not defined by anything. So all the explanations I gave in the shiurim that the deeper the shiur of the teacher, the more overwhelming, right? The more you look at sunlight, the more blinding. The deeper the truth, the more challenging. The more the truth is nice and comfortable, it's because it's diluted. When you understand everything from the sheer of this great Rav, it's because he was Mitzamtzim himself. He restricted his wisdom. If he would have given you the truth, you would have been like, whoa, whoa. That principle is a true principle in life. We see it all the time. But with, and, and it's true with, and God made that principle. What we're davening for is we want the cake, we want to eat it too. Why does it have to be that ma'oid doesn't feel ta'if? Let it be ma'oid and let it feel like ta'if. You say, well, you can't. You can't expand your house if you don't demolish the walls. Demolishing the walls is painful. You're right, I get that. You want real wisdom, you have to expand your mind. It's going to hurt. You have to stretch. Right? In our Pilates example, you got to stretch the spine. It's going to hurt. It's tight. It's tight. You want to remain tight, you can remain tight. The question the Jew is davening is, I want the ma'oit, but I want tova nigla. It should come out in a revealed way. Why does it ultimately have to be either or? Is it true? It's true. But Nachemish gamzu, this was his ma'ila. He said gamzu le teva. The story in the Gemara brings that out. He was going to give the Roman king, the Roman emperor, a gift. Right? And what happened in the hotel? A thief stole the jewelry and replaced it with sand. <laughs> At this point, there was sand. He comes to the king, and the advisor says, Oh, don't punish him for bringing you such a cheap gift. This may be the sand that his grandfather of Ramavinu used in his war in Parshish Lecha. And indeed, the sand turned out to be something extraordinarily helpful for the king in winning his war. What did Nachemish Gamzu manage to do? To be Megala, the toiv, in the source. Somebody steals your jewelry, it's not toiv, it's Dinim. It's, it's a bad thing. He said, Gamzu le toiva. He brought it out into the world of zoo. In other words, he can change the program code. He can make a hishtanus. Misha Omar Le Envi viyadlik. Yoy Malachai we don't have access to the DNA of existence. We don't have access to the back end. But the programmer goes to the back end, he switches a code, and boom, it's a whole different computer. It's a different display. That it was Gamzula type. That's why it's called Zoom. called Zoom. After the parentheses, two, second line from the top, Samach, base column two, all the other Tzadikim, even if their machshava was on this path, this was their perspective, it was their paradigm, they would live that way, they would look at it that way. But ultimately, often, the toiv remained above. It did not become musag, it did not become comprehensible, fathomable, contained in the human structure to be able to say, ah, I feel the taif, I experience the taif. And essentially, this is the concept of chuk, choy, chukas. It's the connection with the beginning of chukas. Zois chukas What's the concept of para aduma? That even death does not destroy somebody's soul. Tumas mace Impurity from contact with a corpse is not just, I'm tamay, I can't eat truma. I can't eat a carbon. I can't walk into the mesa mikdash. That's true. Tumas meis means contact with death turns people into a state of impurity. They lose their passion for life. The element of death. It destroys something in the human soul. That's Tumas Mace. And what does Parshish's Parah Duma say? That there could be a Tara. There can be a cleansing. But the Chazal say this is the quintessential Chukah. Even Shleima Hamelech, who understood everything, couldn't understand this. Why is Parah Duma the great Chukah? More than everything else? And the answer is because not everybody is Nochemish Gamazo. The fact that there can be rebirth. After death, ashes and water are basically two extremes. Ashes is the end, and water is the beginning. A fetus develops in water, the amniotic sac of the mother. Ashes represents the aftermath of something being burnt and destroyed. Afer and Mayim, you mix ashes and water together, is the mix of the end with the beginning. (inaudible) Anoichi Afar, Va'efer, Avram Avinu says. I'm earth and ashes. Earth is the beginning of everything. Ashes is the end. Earth is before growth. Earth is the potential to grow. Eifer is the end. Anoichi of afer. Mayim is the beginning of the child's creation. Just like ofer is the beginning of tzameach, of trees and produce. That mixture is possible, but it remains a chayik. What do we mean it's a chayik? A person can't always wrap their brain around it and say, oh, so now I understand why it happened and why it has to happen. That doesn't work nochemish gamzu can channel it that it should become for many the tzaddikim they understood it they lived that way their machshava was that way but it remains a chayik according to this we now come back to the opening question of the maimer you remember the opening question of the maimer mo question Moshe Rabbeinu is told to sculpture a snake put it on a pole everybody should look and they'll get healed if they were bitten Asks the Mishnah in Rishashana Perigimal, a snake makes people live, a snake makes people die, a copper snake? Come on. We believe in these things. So the mission says, Nah, it's not the snake. It's looking up to Hashem. It's not the snake. Frag the Balatanya, so what do you have to make a snake for? Make a snake. Say don't make a snake. Tell the Jews, a snake bites. Look up to God. Pray to him, connect to him, and you'll be healed. You're doing that anyway. So I need a pole with a snake. Look up where you have to get his head to stretch. That's the point. I mean, well, what's the point? Not only that, as we said, hiskia destroyed the copper snake. Why? Because people turned it into a little god, a little deity, which only makes the question stronger. Now you understand the answer. The whole mind came to explain this. What's going to be the Nakuda? The Chiddush here, you see, this is, you can learn the Mishnah only by without the Pnemiis. That's why it's called Pnemiis atayla. The Mishnah is saying, when you learn the Mishnah in Rishon, it's not the snake. It's God. So why do you look up at the snake? You're looking up, a mile. it happens to be the snake was on top. According to this, the question is very strong. So get rid of the snake. Just put a pole. You don't have to put a pole. Tell people to look up. And Bichal, looking up doesn't only mean physically. It means looking up to Hashem. It's Hashem is everywhere. Now we'll understand the Vart. What the Ribayna Shalom was telling Moshe Rabbeinu is what's pshat looking up? Looking up doesn't only mean look up to the heavens, look up to God, look up to Shamaya. What does it mean looking up? It means find the up in your snakes. It's taking the snake and elevating it back to its source. Look at the snake! But look at the snake the way it's up there, not the way it's down here. That's the source of healing. To put it in different words, what Hashem was telling Moshe is, you're looking to heal from the snake, you can't run from the snake. The healing will come from the snake itself. You know why? Because there's no snake in life. There's no snakes in life. The healing will come from the snake. What do you mean the healing will come from the snake? The problem came from the snake. The healing will come from the snake. Because the truth is that the snake itself is the source of healing. When? When You can look up at the shayush. He had to place it on the pole. He needed the pole to lift up the snake above. If he wouldn't have a pole, it would be on the ground. When the Mishnah says, doesn't mean look up to heaven and pray to Hashem. It's much deeper than that. Don't think that the snakes in life are really detached from the Divine. If you believe that, then you turn it into a ra' and that's what it remains. You give the snake its power to be a snake. Yeah. Yeah. You say, America is When he'll look at the snake, the way it's uplifted, in other words, he'll take the same nakash. And trace it back to its shayrish lamayla. Ask himself the question: What is this snake when it's traced back to its source in its divine energy? Where the nachash is not separated from Hashem. Really getting a lot of mileage out of this muscle, huh? and the chiyus from there. The life energy from there is alderich marshal. You ask a question. What do you mean it's a snake? The snake bites. What? What? What are you telling me? A mysis? It's not nifred. It's a nachash. What is it? Cotton candy? It's not cotton candy. That's why he goes back to the marshal, the marshal of the ben Azayin, that what that she's not really separated from the king. Her whole energy is coming from the king. <laughs> Even her message is coming from the king. Im kain ein ra He'll figure out and he'll see. No ra comes from above. It's not ra. Even the nachash is not ra. But one, one only one condition: you gotta look up. You have to look up. If you look down, ooh, it's a dangerous snake. It's a very dangerous snake. Stay away. You're turning it into ra. It ra. Look up. Klape meila means to be able to see the nachash from Hashem's perspective. Klapemaila means to be able to look at the whole world and see it Lamaila. It's not just you run away from the snake to go to heaven. It's much deeper than that. The snake itself becomes heaven. That source itself, which was venomous, becomes heaven. Every person has snakes in life. Those are the things that bite. It's elements of toxicity that give us pain, they give us anxiety, they challenge us. Have you ever had a person who backstabbed you? Had you ever had a snake that bit you? Some venom, some poison that comes into your life, or came into your life. What do you do with it? You could just pray. Get rid of the nachash. Hashem is telling Moshe, no. What you believed was the source of your poison, could really become the source of your blessings. But one condition: the condition is Don't treat the nachash as a nifrid meita Don't look at the nachash the way it's below. Take the nachash, lift it up, bring it back to its shayrish, and you will discover that at the core of this crisis lay a tremendous, <coughs> unprecedented opportunity for healing, for rejuvenation. This is the perspective the, by recognizing it. And therefore you allow it. You allow it to become that way. You allow, you, you reveal its secret. You you create, you puncture the the, the bubble, the facade. We say We but we don't really just want to see the hidden toad with rifeinu. Like we say, we want to have the cake. I mean, Right. You want, want to- that the, the ma'it should come down and toive hanire hanigla. Why, why is this the time to teach us this lesson? What does it have to do with us complaining about Man? What? Parsha's Chukas in many ways is the most tragic Parsha of Torah. You know why? Within a short period of time they lose Miriam, they lose Aaron and they know they're about to lose Moshe. A family the mother is taken away, the father is taken away, and Moshe is taken away. Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe, the Gomorrah says, were the three shepherds. They were with them for 40 years, besides being with them in Egypt. 40 years they didn't move without Miriam, without Moshe, without Aaron. In one period, a short period, Miriam passes away, Yud A few months later, Moshe passes away, Aaron passes away, and they know Moshe is leaving. Do you understand the crisis that overtook the Jewish people? A short period of time, they're left alone, and basically they're they're starting. They're they're, they're completely alone, and they have to like start. So you have Yeshua, but you had Miriam, you had Aaron, you had Moshe, and you had them for four decades, and they were siblings, and they were all prophets. They were all neviim. This was a unique generation. So perhaps. You know the par- the parsha begins with zoyschukas We don't always understand how history evolves. Why do some generations have a s'chus to have a mitzvah and others don't? Why do some people have a s'chus to have a reb, a mentor, that only sees their goodness and it make, helps them touch infinity, and other people, the only people that mentored them uh, were people who tried to destroy them? Zois atayra. There's a chayk paratum. is a chayk. How it all works, right? And the whole parsha you have Mrs. Miriam, Mrs. Aaron, and, and May Meriva, the biggest crisis, where Moshe also is going to lose his life. Perhaps in that, I'm just suggesting, perhaps in that context, this message became extremely important. That what seems like uh, the darkest moments, the nachash in life, really, if you trace it back to the source, it's not only you will find healing, you will see in the crisis the seats for opportunity. You will transform your very snake into a source of healing. Nechasha nechayshas. That's the Kiddush. A whole different vart. It's a whole different idea. There was a philosopher, his name was an uh, eccentric person, uh, Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein, right? So he once said, he was in Germany in the 1930s, he was a shtickle Jew, he had Jewish blood, the Germans... Uh, declared the family Jewish, and then they paid off the Germans a lot, a lot of money to make them Aryan. So they had a, a gear, they became Aryans, a lot, a lot of money. I think two of his brothers committed. So he, was, he was a complicated person, Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein. He once said, they asked him, what's the role of a philosopher? So he said, the role of a philosopher is to show the mosquito the way out of the bottle. You ever saw a big jar and a bug, those black bugs, fleas, flies, mosquitoes get stuck in the jar, right? And what happens? They fly thousands of times back and forth. Yeah, as kids, especially if you have a little mean bone in you, you could watch it, right? Some people watch it for a long time, and they enjoy it a little bit. This is before the iPhones. So the bug boom, 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 bumps. Finally, from exhaustion, he collapses after hours and stays. Wittgenstein, there's only one problem. The fly never looks up. If he would have looked up, he would have been free. He looks right, he looks left, he looks down. That's his paradigm. So he remains stuck. He says, my job, my job is to teach the fly to look up. I'm not sure Wittgenstein did that. But Lahavda, that's what he's saying. In life, some people just look down. They right away look down. It's bad, it's going to get worse. That's one mahalach. It's a Jewish mahalach. They say the Jewish telegram, right? The Jewish telegram, start worrying, details to follow. That's <laughs> the We'll soon figure out why. Some people already are more, they're up. They're more elevated, they look right, they look left, this perspective, that perspective. We fail to look up. That's the key. Don't look down, don't look right, don't look left. You look up, look at this, but see it the way it's from a higher perspective. Look at it from the divine perspective. See the Chiyus elaki, the divine energy that is ultimately, ultimately in its source fueling it. And then you will live. From this itself you will live. Because the shayrish of it is Taif in fact this will make you even stronger and healthier because the Shadish is really taught my and he finishes he says what do you want to say? you want to say yes, to add to, to what you were just saying but I heard the Robin a big rush was talking about Chukas being basically the parish of death he was most of one Nakuda, and the Chukas is where the 39 years was swallowed up we started with year, you know the second year when the first Torah and then Batisa Kolei then all of a sudden we're in year 39 so he used to say what did the Jews do for those 39 years he says they buried dead people every morning they would woke up and there were more, meis, and and there were more meis, the whole partial subsumes within it the tragedy of death because that's what the 39 years were all about mm-hmm. <laughs> only of of in Keshavah this answers the last question why was it copper? Rashi asks Hashem never told him to make a copper snake he said make a snake he made it on his own copper why did he make it? so Rashi says Lashen noifel alushin. Moshe thought, Nakhash, Nakhashis sounds good, no?
1: Nakhash, Nakhashis.
0: So you need a Psehezbet here. The Pshat is kamagvanin ayide ayin. The type of copper that it changes to different colors can be seen from different colors, different perspectives. And that's the whole Nakuda. Nakhash, Nakhashis. What Moshe was saying is, nothing is fixed in a color. Don't take the color seriously. Even a Nakhash is not a Nakhash. If you bring him back, it suddenly becomes a source of healing, a source of blessing. But the only thing is I day ayin. You need the state of ayin. As long as it's in a state of yesh, I'm rigid, I'm fixed. This is who I am, this is who I'm not. Don't bother me. What do people like saying sometimes? This is who I am. You like it, good. You don't leave. This is who I am. They limit themselves to themselves, not only other people. They say it out of fear, when they feel that somebody might touch them too deep. This is who I am. I'm 98 years old. I'm not going to change at this moment in my life. <laughs> I'm 44 years old. I'm 51 years old. Whatever the age is, what's the average age? here? 18 years old, 13 years old. I'm 13 years old. I'm not going to change, right? You're capable of change still? So that's the Nechoshes. Nechoshes is when you go to a state of Ayin. What's a state of Ayin? A state of Ayin is a state of infinite possibilities. Why is it a state of infinite possibilities? Because you bring it back to the Shayrish and the lakus. So therefore it's Toiv. So here in the Nechoshes, Moshe Rabbeinu is explaining the whole idea of what the Nechoshes is. That's why Dafka makes it Nechoshes, not another metal. Because mishtan Lakama gvanan And the Balatanya concludes the maimer with three words. V'hamevin yavin and whoever understands, understands. That's talking about the questions. Huh? He's talking about the, the... No, there's a uh, period after I, That's the home mind. The Hamei Whoever understands, understands. Every week we can make a sikum on the whole mind. Elevator fish. <laughs> <laughs> this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at ww.theyeshiva.net slash donate.